I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there. It's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting. And welcome to your weekly Nerd Alert. We've got a slimmed down show today. It's just me and my right hand man. I'm my best friend since the fifth grade. You can check that. Joining from somewhere in time and space. So, uh, since Commander Cox is not here, or right, yeah, Commander Cox, he's on. Yeah, he's he's on a way mission. That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, I decided that I would look up a nerd fact oh. and and hit you with it. Hit us with that nerd fact. So those of you out there who have seen either, say, the anime Mobile Suit Gundam or Mobile Suit Gundam Wing uh. may be wondering, what does Gundam stand for? So Gundam is actually an acronym. Oh, okay. And there's a bunch on here, so I'm just going to read you some of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Generation of Subdued Nuclear Drive Assault Mode. No, Module. Sorry, Assault Module. Yeah. Generation of Subdued Nuclear Drive Assault Module. Rolls right off the tongue. And then there's Generation Unrestricted Network Drive Assault Module. Uh, this one I like gigantic unilateral numerous dominating ammunition. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> uh, this one general unilateral neurolink dispersive auto autonomic maneuver system. Sounds like somebody really wanted our initials to spell Gundam. Uh, yes. Throw words in, like yeah. unilateral. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Still my favorite part in all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D., what does that mean? Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. And what does that mean to you? Somebody really wanted our initials to spell S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, so there you go. That's what Gundam is. It's an acronym. Uh, yeah. For geosynchronous unified uh, nativity <laughs> dominatrix auto well, machine. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, there you go. 
the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. Stock Car Auto Racing. In case you were uncertain to what we're racing, we have car and auto in the word. Sorry, now we're just getting on acronyms. We're not actually here to talk about acronyms. We're here to talk about something I can't believe we haven't done an episode on yet. Uh, we're we're going to correct that error today. Uh, the doc, this was this came from your mind, so you want to intro what we're talking about today? So, I have always been a proponent of... I want to see things that are just awesome. Uh-huh. And I want a lot of weapons. Uh-huh. And I want massive destruction. And... I want that C-130 to land. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so what I always loved was the idea of if I could, like, have myself a giant, say, mechanical suit of armor. And I don't mean, like, Iron Man. Uh I'm I'm talking, like, a giant mechanical suit of armor that's just going to make me awesome. Yeah. What, What would I want? What would I look for? You know, it's like... Being at the new car dealership, what kind of bells and whistles do you need? You know, let's let's tick off some boxes on these bad boys and and figure <laughs> out what kind of mech would I want to fly or drive so, or operate. Pilot. pilot, pilot sounds cool. Pilot. So join us as we take a stroll through the aisles of Nerd Alert's Discount Mech Emporium. Due to an <laughs> due to a shipping error, we are currently overstocked in mechanical flailing arm flailing tube bin. <laughs> we've got guns, we've got rockets, we've got explosive, we got things that'll crush you. We have a button that just says sword. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got mechs you can stack on other mechs to make bigger mechs. We've got mechs that transform, mechs that fly, mechs that shoot stuff, mechs that have fucking lightsabers. No, son, that's a beam saber. Lightsaber would be copyright infringement. Get it right. <laughs> All this and more today at the Nerd Alert Discount Mech Emporium. <laughs> you, you want you want one that looks good? We got it. You want that you want one that crushes skulls? We got it. You want one with a rocket propelled elbow to punch harder? We got it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about some of our favorite mechs, M E C H X mechs, from movies, TV, cartoons, comics, whatever. Uh, we did not draw any line in the sand as to they had to be live action or they had to be from an anime or whatever. So it can be from anything. So we're going to we're going to run the gamut, I'm sure, of of your your more realistic power loaders on one end to um like I said before we started recording, I am going to spend some time in this episode talking about a giant mechanical dragon controlled by a magical flute played by a person wearing a helmet so from there to there from a to z and everything in between is what we're going to get to today um before we jump into that um so that's not just us you know randomly listing off mechs we like and things we think are cool um we're gonna we're gonna going to grade every mech we talk about today if there's any goal of today's episode it's to to try and figure out is there a perfect mech somewhere out there so there's a few criteria we have that we're going to kind of grade uh each mech on and i don't know if you want to give it like 
thumbs up, thumbs down, or one to ten, or five stars, or whatever. We'll figure that out as we go. Um, but the criteria we're going to use are, in no particular order, size, is bigger really better? Armament, is it number or variety? Aesthetics, okay, cool. Does it look cool? And then mobility, it looks cool, but can it move? Uh, so that's what we're going to use to kind of grade each of them. And with that being said, Jay, it's your topic. Start us out. So I kind of split mine into two categories of semi-realistic. Like I could see this somewhere in our future type ones. Uh And I mean, I mean, I'm kind of like pushing the edge with at least one of those. But then I also just went like way off the wall, giant robot. Uh, As, As you do. Yeah. So I'm going to start with my semi-realistic one and one that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. Okay. And that's the P5000 power loader featured in the movie Aliens. Man, uh, I love that you went with that. because, And I, I realized as I made my list, I don't have quite as many as you do, but it's it's basically sort of a chronological list of mechs I encountered throughout childhood um and which ones kind of made the biggest impact and i i was going to give this one an honorable mention but i'm glad you put it on the list because i had seen you know voltron i'd seen big robots in cartoons before right but this the power loader was the first time and i'm sure you're kind of in the same category the first time i ever saw something like this even attempted in live action that looked plausible uh yeah, when that garage door, op- well, not the garage door, but like the hatch opens and it's just Ripley standing in the power loader and she takes two steps forward and delivers that iconic line of get away from her, you bitch. You're just like, ooh, ooh, this is awesome. Well, and even before that, like what makes that moment so great is is it's the setup earlier in the film of establishing Ripley knows how to pilot one of these and seeing them walking around and seeing what they're actually intended to be used for, which is literally just hauling cargo. It's it's, it's a forklift that can walk. Yeah. Is essentially, yeah. Um, so from a design aesthetic, uh, I believe Ron Cobb was the designer behind that. I could be wrong. I'm sure someone will correct me on the, in the comments if I am. Uh, but his design for that, or the design of that, is is not so far out there that it looks completely science fiction. It looks plausible. Uh, down to the color that the, you know, it, it's that bright, you know, uh, like caterpillar yellow of, you know, like construction equipment. Um, it's bigger than a human, but it's, you know, it's maybe what, 10 feet tall. Yeah. It's not like gargantuan, you know, it isn't the size of a spaceship. It's not Spaceball One, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just outlandish enough to be like, wow, that's cool, but not so far down the road you can't be like, oh, well, how does that work? Well, like it, it, Everything it does seems like, oh, okay. And when it moves, it moves with kind of slow with some weight to it because it's big. And, you know, it, the the arms and whatnot move uh, kind of, you know, again, slow with some weight to it. And the 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 cool little uh, things it can do, like it can access the hatches remotely from a control panel because that's what it does. It's got the yeah. welder arm torch thing. Well, that would make sense if, you know, a box is falling apart and you got to weld it shut back, you know, or you need to open something up on the fly or whatever. Like, nothing is too outlandish. And, it, and that first scene kind of sets all that up. 
And then we get the payoff for it when, you know, the queen's chasing Newt and Ripley runs off and like, where did she go? And then, like you said, like, this fucking bay door is open. <laughs> <laughs> the arms come up and you're just like, oh, like yeah. the instant that happens, it's like, of course, that's what she went to go do. What else could she possibly have done? Clearly, that's what that is meant for. Yeah. Oh, God, it's just awesome. It's just an awesome fight scene. Like, just he, it's like two heavyweights duking it out, you know, just yeah. watching a giant boxing match and <clears throat> the alien queen screaming and like hissing and Ripley just like, ah, God, it's just great. Power loader makes it. Yeah, it's 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 so great. Just, I mean, I could talk about the damn thing all day because you know I'm an aliens nerd. Yeah. Uh, just you know the engine, the ingenuity with which it was brought to life. You know, there was a live action version that was suspended on a crane, and it had a stunt guy literally inside, like as a suit. So when you see like the full size shots of of uh, Sigourney Weaver in it, she's basically it's sort of like. Uh, um, like if you're dancing with a little kid and they step up on your feet and like you, you know, like move their feet with yours, that's basically all it is. Like when she's moving her arm, there's a guy inside the suit moving the arm with her. You know, the whole thing is suspended by a crane. And then they intercut that with these really great model shots. And it's one of those things where like, you know, nowadays, yeah, it would all be CGI. On a, a green screen background and we'll CGI it in later and whatever. But like, the fact that it was all done practically and in camera and real, again, lends that credibility to it of like, this thing looked real. Like, yeah, you know, 10 year old John watching that, if you'd have told him, yeah, they really invented that thing just for this movie, I would have believed you. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I'd been like, where can I get one? <laughs> exactly. Down at the, <laughs> the Nerd Alert. <laughs> Use Mechaporio. <laughs> just a little bit of acid etching from the blood not bad not bad <laughs> little acid damage but still good <laughs> runs uh, smooth for class two license sorry oh, okay right. to 12 please <laughs> now it's a good one to start with man yeah um i think my first choice is going to skew directly in the opposite uh, direction though because oh, we're talking we do we want oh, to rank it, or are we just going to say... Oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, sorry. No. <laughs> I forgot my own criteria. Okay, so size. Um, it's bigger than a human. It's definitely smaller than some of the other ones we were going to mention. So, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, is it, again, is bigger better? I think it's an appropriate size for what it's intended to do. So... For its intended purpose, the size is a thumbs up. For, there you go. For the purpose of comparing size with other things in this it's going to be smaller but like we said for its intended purpose it's a thumbs up like it's designed to do what it needs to do that's the way i look at it fair enough um armament uh i think it's going to fall in the same category again this is this is not made for combat this is made for you know it, it's a forklift on legs yeah so it's, it's got what a forklift should have um, right Part of me kind of wishes one of those Alien 3 scripts where we see like armored power loaders uh, fighting Queen Aliens would have come to fruition because, man, that tricked out armored power loader could have been badass. They should have made a toy of that. Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, aesthetics. 
Does it look cool? Yes. Fuck yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> yes. You think so? Fuck out of here. Uh, again, it, it goes back to like the the design of it is perfect. Like it has that you know that, that caterpillar construction equipment yellow color to it. Uh, but it's it's not like you know this didn't just come off the assembly line. It, it's beat up and scuffed and looks you know appropriately dingy. Uh, mobility. And she she ain't exactly nimble. <laughs> <laughs> um see this is why i'm not huge about the thumbs up thumbs down so much uh it again for its intended purpose it moves just fine for battling queen aliens it's a little slow uh if you're trying to take you know again it's not designed for combat so you, get, you have to kind of keep that in mind but like if you're going to knock it anywhere i think mobility is where you knock it yeah. because it, it it's slow it's it's big and heavy so i, I think i thumbs down on mobility is yeah, that, I'm gonna do that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Sorry, I got ahead of us. It's okay. Sorry. Uh, so okay. As far as Mexico, like I said, my list kind of plays out in like a chronological order of like things I encountered in childhood. So we're gonna go as far back as I can really get into because there were examples before this, but I was never super into them. This is an example of like you John, what was your first mech? Oh, it's the fucking Megazord. That was my first mech. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh so I'm going directly to the Dinozords from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season one. Let me get my notes so I don't forget nothing. So they're giant robot dinosaurs that are somewhat sentient. Um, they can operate on their own to a degree, but they need a pilot to be, you know, maximized. Uh, specifically someone with a power coin to operate them. Uh, so there's that whole sort of like Mjolnir worthiness kind of thing. Um, they can operate on their own and, and they do have cool functions on their own. There's the Tyrannosaurus, uh, the Pterodactyl, the Triceratops, the Sabertooth Tiger, and the Mastodon. Uh, the Mastodon can uh, uh, shoot like a freeze spray out of its tusk. The uh, the Triceratops shoots lasers out of its tails. Um, you know, they function on their own. That being said, there's only like a handful of episodes where you ever see <laughs> the individual swords operating on their own, with the exception of the T-Rex, because the T-Rex was big and can kind of operate on its own. So they're mostly just there to facilitate the formation of the Megazord, which is when you Ooh, know shit has hit the fan. Megazord power now. Uh, when all five combine to make the Megazord. Uh, so you've got... Uh, I am Captain Planet. Wait, sorry, wrong one. Yeah, totally wrong. Yeah, he's not a mech. <laughs> so the original five come together and form the Megazord, uh, which is a humanoid giant mech that is the size of a skyscraper. It battles giant monsters and destroys buildings in Angel Grove that somehow get rebuilt every week and destroyed again. Um, really, really good turnaround from the Angel Grove, Angel Grove Builders Society. Um, weapons, it's got not a whole lot. It's got the power sword which it calls down from the sky, which, how badass is that? Uh, it has the Mastodon shield, which you don't really ever see it using very much. Uh, and it does have an alternate mode, which, again, you don't see used very much. The tank mode. 
um, which is before it stands upright and the uh, pterodactyl forms the the chest piece, uh, it does cruise around the ground as a tank with giant guns on it. Uh, so you've got, you know, you call up the Zords, the Zords aren't cutting it, you jump into tank mode. Tank mode's not cutting it, you jump into full-on Megazord mode. That ain't cutting it, you call down the Power Sword. You know, it's all about escalation. Uh, and then, of course, uh, partway through, we get the introduction of the Dragon Zord, which can form the Mega Dragon Zord, which is uh, take out the T Rex as the centerpiece, put the Dragon Zord in as the centerpiece. You got a whole new Zord. Uh, and then down the road, we introduced Titanus, which can combine with all six other Zords to form the Ultra Zord. Um, which is just ungodly huge. And uh, like I said, uh, they they uh, at one point, you know, the dragon sword is <laughs> operated <laughs> by playing notes on a magical flute uh, <laughs> while wearing a helmet. So exactly how do they work? I don't know. Shit up and buy the toys. Uh, it wasn't there when the when the White Ranger comes in, didn't he have like the tiger that turned into its own Zord? So, oh, excuse me. That's in the Thunder Zords with season two, and I wasn't going to jump into that, but we can. Yeah. So the the White Tiger Zord had its own alternate mode. It was called I think Battle Mode, where it would turn into sort of a human form uh, and could could operate on its own. In addition to the Thunder Megazord, the Red Dragon Zord. Also had an alternate battle mode where it could kind of turn into its own mech, uh, uh, human-shaped mech in fights. And then there was, of course, the 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 White Tiger Megazord. Uh, and then they got their own Shuttle Zord tour, and they formed another a version of an Ultra Zord. Um, Too many Zords. Yeah, on down the rabbit hole, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the Thunder Zords are definitely cooler. That being said, I had to go old school with it with the the Dino Zords. Um, you know. The dinosaurs like the Mastodon and Sabertooth Tiger. Yes. Because <laughs> Dino. those are dinosaurs. And then, of course, the sixth Dinozord, the Dragon Zord. Um, again, shut up and buy the toys. Uh, maybe there was some translation errors when we stole it from <laughs> Japan. That uh... no. No, They're pretty... <laughs> there's, there's no fucking those up. <laughs> no, I, again, at 93, I was the exact, you know, target demographic for Power Rangers. And holy shit that I buy into Power Rangers, Hook, Line, and Sinker, man. I could not get enough of them. Um, and, and, and again, it was awesome because the Dinozords, even though they weren't to scale with the Ranger figures, they did everything you could do in the show. That you could use them on their own. They could form the Megazord. Uh, every subsequent toy Zord that came out could make the forms you saw on TV. And to a kid, that's awesome, man. Like, there's nothing more disappointing than your action figure not being able to do something it does in the show you bought it from. And every time there was a new, hey, look, it's the Dragon Zord, and you can use these four with the Dragon Zord and make the uh, Mega Dragon Zord. Oh, can my toy do that? Yes. Yes, it can. Uh, I, You know, I'm right there with you, too, with the Power Rangers. It was like an everyday afternoon after school it was on at like what three thirty, four o'clock something like that yeah i'm sitting sitting down watching it 
following along, like, you know, all like, go, go, Power Rangers. It's just like, and when you're a kid, you don't realize that all the fighting was basically, like, all the Power Rangers stuff was basically hocked from a Japanese TV show and just, they, re, you know, filmed stuff in the U.S. Kaiju Sentai Judalinja. Uh, That's how you pronounce it. But you don't like you don't think about that. You're like, oh, look at these Power Rangers. This is awesome because like it was geared towards kids to sell toys. To, I mean, I had the, I had the gun that turned into the the knife, the blade blaster because yep. guns that turned into swords are the only thing cooler than a regular sword. And then, uh, you know, I had all the the Ranger action figures, but I never got any like Dinozords, and I could never make the Megazord. So. I was super excited when I got the White Ranger and his Tiger Zord. Yeah. Because it turned into its own. And I was like, look, I'm a badass. But, like, I didn't have any other parts to make it even cooler. So. Um, Got to give a shout out to Colin Dreyer, if he's listening. Uh, he and I had, and I think our moms probably uh, coordinated this, but he got the Megazord. I got the Dragon Zord. So together we had everything. And then when they switched over in season two, I had the Thunder Zords and the White Tiger. And then season three, when they switched to the Ninja Zords, he got the Ninja Megazord. So like together we had everything. Nice. Which is why I feel like our moms probably made some phone calls uh, about Christmases and birthdays a couple of times yeah. uh, to coordinate some of that. Otherwise, it, otherwise it's worked out too perfectly. But like together... We had everything. And that's what Power Rangers is all about, man. Is 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 hooking stuff up and making it cooler. Uh so yeah, like between the, between me and Colin, we had everything covered. Um I think I've since given most of mine to to Flanagan because I had when I when I moved, I had like, you know, part of everything, but not all of everything. And anyway, um, so yeah, there, there we go. I mean, like if we're, if we're talking mechs, like my introduction to mechs and kaiju and and sentai and all that stuff, straight up might were from Power Rangers. So I had nice. to put that on the list. Again, they they never really quite make sense. They're a weird combination of technology and magic. They're definitely robots that transform. That's awesome. But you have to have a power coin, which is a magical kind of thing, to operate it. Um, and and it, it, again, it doesn't really make sense if you stop and think about it, but that's why you don't stop and think about it. You just go with it. Yep, for sure. So, size. Um, yeah, these things are huge, man. Like, even like, by themselves, they're the size of buildings. And then you make a Megazord, and they're, I don't know how tall, but, you know, if the buildings in the background of the Megazord fight scenes are any indication, because I'm sure they were built to scale. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> they weren't just plywood with squares cut into them, like windows. Um, yeah, these things are huge. <laughs> right. Uh, also, side note, I want the suits that those guys wore to be the Megazord. Like, could you imagine rolling up to a con and you're like, I'm a Megazord. I've never seen them in person, but I have seen people who have done recreations of them. Yeah. And they're 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 fucking amazing, man. There's some people who get really good with uh, cardboard and an exacto knife. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah. hats off to them. Because, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you walk into a, a convention, and you're like, oh, look at me on the Red Ranger. Look at me on the Green Ranger. Look at me on the Red Ranger with the Dragon Shield. Ooh. But you roll in as, oh, yeah, fuck you on the Megazord. What now? It's like, you, you can't trump that. You cannot. There's nothing bigger. Unless you were the Dragon Megazord. You'd have to fight it out then, man. Unless uh, I have yet to see that this might take the cake. If somebody came in <laughs> as the Ultra Zord, uh, which is the Megazord with the Dragon Zord over top of it, uh, laid flat, put over top of it like a shawl kind of. Uh, and then that's nested inside of Titanus, which is the giant white carrier Zord. Um, you would literally have to build Titanus around like one of those uh, hoverboard things because. Yes. You can't move in it. It just slides across the ground. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, but that does get into uh, where it's about to get knocked for a point. But so size, thumbs up. Armament again, individually, they've all got separate weapons and abilities. You stack them together, they've got weapons and abilities. They've got the power sword, which you call down from the sky. Which I mean, come on, just intimidation factor. It's like, oh, you're a monster. Oh, let me call down my magical sword from the sky. That lands into a rock, and I have to pick up like it's his caliber. Yep. That I then kill every monster with one hit with because it's that badass. So, kind of got to give it a thumbs up there, you know? Right. I agree. Aesthetics. Does it look cool? Son, it's the Megazord. <laughs> it don't uh, get cooler. Does it look cool? The Megazord looks cool. Does the Dragon Zord look cool? Dragon Zord looks cool. Ultra Zord? Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> here's the here's I think the inherent problem with the Zord system, okay? Yes, it's cool that they can all hook up and form one giant Zord. But by the time you've stacked seven giant Zords on top of each other somehow, yeah, it starts to look a bit like a hot mess aesthetically. <laughs> And mobility, you got nothing. Uh, even the Megazord itself, when it's you know in its most slimmed down battle mode, is not the most maneuverable. I mean, it it does okay in a fight fighting big monsters, but it ain't pulling like flying spin kicks or shit like that. It's pretty right. basic mobility. Yeah. And by the time you get to an Ultra Zord, <laughs> literally, you might as well be on a fucking Segway because you ain't moving. <laughs> Uh, so probably a thumbs down in the mobility category. Right. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. I like that one. I have a tough choice now. Oh. We could either stay in the same realm. Okay. Or I could go back to my semi-realistic. It's whatever you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my semi-realistic because I think you're gonna enjoy this choice. Okay. All right. I I like things that look cool. I like things that I could like seem feasible. I also like guns. Uh, and this kind of has all of that rolled into one. Um, and it's not out of the realm of possible existence. It's really pushing the envelope though. Okay. And that would be the Mitsubishi Mark VI Amplified Mobility Suit, a.k.a. the Amp Suit from Avatar. Oh. 
the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum of the power loader. Yes. Uh, again, still, like I said, I, I'm pushing the envelope of realism with this one, but I can see it like the way that they have it designed in the movie. I understand that you they use some like almost like neural sort of link where your arms are operating the arms of the suit. But I think that's where the amplified mobility part comes in. Um, you get a big ass gun. It's got a slow rate of fire. I will admit that, but it's shooting some tanks of rounds. Uh, and you get it's sort of got that like Gears of War look to it with the, like the it's not a chainsaw, but it's got the blade on that end mm-hmm. of the muzzle there. And then um, oh, I can't think of his name, the Colonel, who's got that just giant buck knife basically <laughs> attached to the front of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they're awesome. I think they look awesome. When I saw them the first time in the movie, I was like, "That's cool." I hope I get to see it in combat. Um, watching the colonel operate his is just something else. Like he really knows what he's doing in that amp suit. And uh, like I said, it's just it's right there on the the edge of realism for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it, it's designed with real-world mechanics involved, and it's one of those, like, yeah, it might not be possible to make that, but it's it's probable. Like, everything we need to make that does exist in some form right now. It's not as advanced as it is in the movie, but, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, 20 years from now we might be able to make something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's badass, man. It's uh, I don't know what else to say about it, man. It's it's not you don't see it for very long. You just get to see it in action, and mm-hmm. the most we see it in action is in the hands of the colonel, mm-hmm. and he's holding his own against basically what are what eight to ten foot tall aliens that have uh, carbon fiber skeletons, basically. Yep. <laughs> Like, the fact that it can hold its own in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, that's, the, again, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum of the power loader. They, they both are clearly dreamed up from the same mind of James Cameron. Um, and both given that same degree of believability. But, like, this is clearly designed for combat. Yeah. Where, you know, the arms, like you said, there, there's a... Um, almost like an old school virtual reality setup for the arms where like you're wearing some kind of like suit uh like glove things and what you do with your arms and hands and fingers or or is then moves the arms and hands and fingers of the suit so you have a much bigger degree of mobility in there versus the you know the arms of the power loader um you see him like miming taking the gun off of his back to to bring it down um like he's got again like he said that giant like i don't know what it's bayonet buck knife thing uh where he's literally just like the suit's doing what he you know it's, he's doing the combat motions and the suit is in real time perfectly mimicking his movements that's why he's able to fight hand to hand which is awesome for a mech suit so yeah yeah so I, that, yeah, I didn't 
Didn't know if you would have thought of that one for your list, but I was like, the amp suit's pretty badass. It is. <laughs> and again, it's, so. it's that perfect flip side of the coin from the power loader. So size, uh, again, for what it's designed to do, it's perfectly sized fine. Yep. I mean, again, you know, the Megazord is built to fight Kaiju. This is not so. Right. Uh, armament uh, it gets the job done. It's basic, but it gets the job done. It's got the, yep. the big cannon and the knife. Condor knife? I don't remember what the hell it is. Is it a knife or a bayonet? No, the so like the colonel's got a knife, like a okay. giant buck knife type thing in a sheath on the front okay. of his. But like on the cannon itself is there's like a blade. Gotcha. Because that's what um, what's her face uses or no Jake Jake Sully uses. Yeah, that's Jake right. Sully. He, <laughs> he smashes the canopy, doesn't he? Yes. And yeah. then the colonel, in all his badassness, takes a deep breath and then ejects the canopy and fights with no canopy. Which then uh, gets an arrow through the chest, but you know. Damn's the brakes. <laughs> uh so armament? Uh it's in the middle. I wouldn't it's yeah. not armed to the teeth by any means. Yeah. Again, it's got enough to get the job done and it, it's not gonna blow anyone away with, you know, it's it's uh variety, but it'll work. Right. Uh, aesthetics, does it look cool? Yeah, it looks I like think, a fucking so. Huey with arms and legs. It's awesome. Yeah, it's true. Like, if a helicopter could walk, that's what it would <laughs> Like a Transformer Huey, half-transformed. You've got the amp suit. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't finish the rest of the transforming. We've got discounted transforming Hueys down here for <laughs> Uh, and then mobility, yeah, it's impressively mobile. Yeah. Oh yeah. The thumbs up I mean, there. So yeah, that hand-to-hand combat with the the what do they call them the Navi? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty awesome. So that's my that is my extensive realism list to tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm I'm glad. I was a little afraid you might snipe one of mine, but uh, I think mine fits into your realm of possibility. It's one of those, we don't have the technology now, but it's not so outlandish you couldn't see it being possible. And this series is set in the future, so it's totally plausible in the time frame that this is happening. It could it could be real. Um, again, going through the chronological mechs from my childhood, the next coolest mechs, Next coolest mechs. Say that five times fast. Uh, that I can remember from my childhood comes from one of the most underrated cartoons ever. We talked about it on the show before in the past. Um, Exo Squad. Oh, God, yes. The E-Frames. <sighs> These are highly mission-specific slash task-oriented um, uh frames uh, uh mobile frames uh, built in the future uh, in a future where we've colonized the home worlds and genetically engineered an entire race to uh to work in harsh conditions for us they're totally not slaves though it's not uh, we wouldn't no we wouldn't do that slaves are bad these are just genetically engineered neo sapiens they're not slaves <clears throat> what now hmm? <laughs> uh, i get part of why i love this show <laughs> 
things that went right over my head as a kid are now smacking me in the face as an adult. Oh, get it? It's about racism. I get it now. Anyway, um, sorry, the E-frames. Uh, so they, we follow Able Squad, and every E-frame in Able Squad has a different uh, task or purpose. So none of them look the same because they're all built specifically to what task does this E-frame need to accomplish. There are civilian models that are sort of like the power loader where there's you know construction equipment or things like that. And then there's the military version. We're mostly going to talk about the military version. Okay, we're exclusively going to talk about the military version because they're cooler. Um, so you've got, and this is what I can remember from my toys, you've got the heavy weapons, slash squad support, the air attack, recon, police enforcement. Um, there's a, uh, uh, what do they call them, E-frame fighter. Um, they're all built for a specific purpose. But in general, they can all operate both in space and in atmosphere uh, and on planet's surface. They all have a general shape of uh, torso, arms, legs. Uh, the head is kind of incorporated into the chassis. Um, so they're vaguely human in, 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 you know, in shape. They're piloted by usually a single pilot. Some of the bigger ones have double pilots. Um, they operate on a neural interface system. So you literally have a cybernetic jack in the back of your neck. And when you hop in to pilot it, your E-frame is connected directly to your brain. So operating it almost becomes second nature. Uh, you don't necessarily have to worry about flipping switches to activate weapons and things like that. You just think it. Uh, so piloting uh, becomes all about uh, and not that you don't need training for it to get to, to, to use them, but it, it becomes almost second nature to you. Um, these things have, depending on what they're programmed for, a fucking arsenal of weapons, lasers, missiles, machine guns, grappling hooks, uh, chain cannons, probes. Yeah, probes. I said it. Um, I'm going to narrow this down a little bit uh, and talk about my favorite E-frame of the entire series. Uh, but there are tons of different examples you can go look on. I'm going to talk about the AA-500 Falcon, a.k.a. the Aerial Attack E-Frame, a.k.a. J.T. Marsh's E-Frame. My boy, J.T. Marsh. Uh, this one is built specifically for air-to-air -air combat, but it can also do air-to-air -air combat in space. Think of it like an X-Wing that you wear as a suit. You're it's like i said made for space and atmospheric um it has twin torpedo launchers on its shoulders six rockets on each wings two missiles on each wings a pulse laser on its right arm a gatling cannon and micro rockets on its left arm booster rockets on its leg those are more for mobility than they are for for fighting um as the neural operating uh, system link and it has a military-grade uh, battery pack, uh, which I forget what their actual terminology for that was. Um, it's, it has collapsible wings that come down over the body, so when you're in Atmo, you can raise your wings, launch your rockets, and take off like an airplane. Uh, it can operate in zero gravity of space. This thing is just fucking loaded with weapons, um, and it, it, it looks like, again, uh, it looks like you're wearing an F-16. I don't know how else to describe it. Sorry, I'm not ignoring you. I just, I got on Google and looked it up. 
Do you concur, Jay? Well, yeah, because I remember this one. It's badass. Yeah. It's so yeah. badass. Like I, as soon as I looked it up, I was like, because I remembered Exo Squad and I remembered this one specifically, and I was just like, yes. Well, yes. Please. So it's JT Marsh is arguably the the protagonist of the series. He's he's arguably your main character, which is kind of a stretch because it's more of an uh, uh, there's a lot of central characters. But because of that, uh, because it's his E frame and he's kind of the hero of this show, it's in all the marketing. It's on all the posters and the video games and all that kind of stuff. So it's, if you if you're kind of vaguely remembering uh, Exo Squad and a blue E, you know, robot thing. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, the blue robot suit with the fold-down wings. That's what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's so badass. Like it's yeah, it's what you'd want. Like if if they existed, I'd be like, yes, this is the one I would like. Please, can I can I get it in black? That'd be great. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you there, Jay. Let me pull this up real quick. Am I, uh... Jay? You want the BD100 ground assault E-frame? Whoa, 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 hold on. The what now? <laughs> the BD-100 Ground Assault E-frame, piloted by uh, Blonsky. Armament, uh, the right arm, blaster of small torpedo, center right a blaster, left side of the top arm, dual torpedo launcher or dual blaster, five-barrel Gatling gun and missile launcher, tracer blasters, Laser side shooters, small warhead rockets. Is that is that the Heavy is it armor. the weird? Uh, it's like got two big tubes for arms instead of actual arms. Instead of having arms, it has a Gatling gun missile launcher and a Gatling gun laser with a uh, uh, grappling hook. Yep. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the ground heavy assault team frame. Yeah. Can uh, we? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do that. You take yours. <laughs> I'll take this one. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll just, uh, and that's what I loved about uh, the show in general is depending on what the E frame is built for. Again, they all have the same kind of general aesthetic. Like they, they all look like they belong in the same universe, but they they look drastically different depending on what they're built for. Whereas the the Falcon is built as an air fighter. This is built as a ground assault. This is essentially a walking tank. <clears throat> You you know what the best part of this thing is as toys? Yes. It's a it's a two for one deal. Cause you get an action figure and you get an E frame. Yeah. Like, they were built like a I think the E frames were like a five inch scale. So then your figure was like a like two and a quarter inch. They were they were smaller. The 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 the, the pilots were kind of at a scale with any other action figures. But like you said, yeah, so you got your your frame with all your missiles and your, you know, clip on whatever's. And then you had the the pilot that came with it. And the pilots are all decked out head to toe in weapons themselves. So they got plenty of accessories too. I have a very important question. Okay. Would a GI Joe fit in an E-frame? No. Oh. Those are gosh, what are they 3 and 3 quarters, I think. Uh oh. They're, they're too big. Sorry, buddy. Damn. That would have made it. That would have. I would order as many as I could off of like eBay right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. It's great choice. Okay. Like, 
I remember coming to your house and watching this show with you. Um, and if I remember correctly, you had a couple of these, didn't you? I had a bunch of these, yeah. I uh, yeah. I sold them years ago, and I hate myself for it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and, and uh, buddy of mine, uh, shout out to James Spawn, if he's listening. He had even more than I did. Um, so, again, when, when he and I got together, we, we could form some pretty cool E-frame battles. Um, but so, uh, size. Uh, I will say they're big enough to get the job done that they're designed to do. So thumbs up. Yep. Uh, armament in both number and variety. I think thumbs up. Uh, these things are just walking arsenals. Yeah. Uh, aesthetics. Sure. Do, do they look cool? Uh, I would say for the most part, I won't lie. There's some in the line that look a little dorky. Yeah. Uh, there's also some, there's an exo fighter, which is just literally a generic space fighter, uh, which like, okay, cool. But why is that in a lineup of E-frames? Um, there's also one that kind of looks like Ed 209. Yeah. Uh, there, there's one that's, uh, it's the field repair E-frame. That's definitely, definitely not the power loader. And then they do get a little wacky. There's a, a samurai E-frame on here, which you know, they, they got a little weird. Uh, but for the most part, I think they look pretty badass. For sure. For sure. Uh, and then mobility. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, again, and it's kind of hard to judge all of them because they were, you know, they're very specific for what their type is. So like the, the ground assault one I showed you, it, uh, it can't fly in atmosphere. It has like jump jets, so it can kind of bounce around a bit, uh, and it can operate in zero G. Um, so, middle side thumb, I guess. Yeah. Uh, certain certain ones are very mobile. The the uh, the Falcon Air Assault one very mobile, but again, it's hard to judge all of these because they're built so so specific to what they're supposed to be doing. But. Yeah. Nice. So there we go. Well, I'm now going to cross into the realm of uh, not fathomable. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm going to start with one that was sort of a renaissance of sorts for me. Uh, so it was a show that I had seen when I was a kid, and I had seen a few episodes, and I was like, oh, this is cool, and I was familiar with it. But then I super duper got into it when it came to Netflix. Um, so much so that I watched the series like two times all the way through and uh, even roped you guys into helping me hunt for buttons. Because when the five lions come together, hey. they form Voltron. And uh, if you found the five lions, you got a Voltron button. I still have those buttons. But I remember. Was that LexCon? Yes. A couple Two years, years ago, ago. Three years yeah. ago. Yeah. We we literally searched through before the con opened to find all five lions because yeah, then this, I got the Voltron button. This vendor had just a whole giant like bucket of buttons. And Jay picked out. Oh, hey, there's a red line. Oh, hey, there's a button. And you know, he he found a couple of lions, and the guy's like, "Yeah, you find all five lions, you get a Voltron button." And Jay's like, "What? 
it just, it just moved everything out of the way. He's <laughs> like, okay, I'm hunkering down. I'm not leaving until I find all five lions. Yeah. Yeah. But your, your tenacity paid off, sir. Yes. I got all five lions. Got that Voltron button. Uh, definitely worth it. There were other groups of things. Like you could find the mystery. You got the mystery machine if you found all the Scooby-Doo cast. But I was like, no, Voltron. Um, and Voltron is in the same vein as the Megazord, where you have different p- pieces that come together to form one mm-hmm. giant robot, one giant mech. And the thing is, each of the lions that form Voltron, especially in the new show, Legendary Defender, mm-hmm. are just super duper powered with their own things that uh, they can hold their own. I mean, they... They can take out an enemy ship on its own. Like, they do that in the Blue Lion. They take out an enemy the, ship. The Lions are definitely much more combat-capable solo than the Megazord pieces. Um, But they, like, when they eventually do form Voltron, and one of my favorite things was when Hunk just screams out, I'm a leg! Uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Um, but when they eventually do form Voltron yeah it's it's like badass because it's not like Voltron he he doesn't have hands he's got the jaws of the lions for Mm -hmm. his hands uh it has its own version of the power sword I can't think of the name of it but it's just basically the blazing sword yeah for Uh, blazing uh, sword pound its fist together, make an arc of energy, and it turns into the fucking sword. Yeah. Uh, ah. It's got the cannon um, from Hunk on the shoulder that can form. Um, it's, I don't know, I can't remember if they used the cloaking ability of the Green Lion, but let's just talk about that. The Green Lion can fucking cloak. <laughs> uh, thanks to, um, oh shit. Pidge. I had it. Pidge, yeah. And you're just like, it's all these parts that come together. The blue lion shoots out a freeze ray. The red lion shoots out fire. Uh, the black lion forms the head and is just a badass lion in its own. And is the biggest and toughest of the five lions. I mean, just like the whole thing when it comes together and it's like it's battle capability when it forms as Voltron is just incredible. Like, I, I it really can't does, express yeah. how much I love it. <laughs> I'll, give the, I'll give the new share lots of credit. Um, they did, de- they built up the lions individually, so when the lions came together as Voltron, it really did feel like a big, significant thing. And And they did the genius idea of having alternate lions form the, the, the head and chest of the of Voltron, to change up like modes of Voltron. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, I it's I want to go back and watch that show now. Yeah, it's I do. I love that show. I really loved it. And um just everything and then like the sort of changing of the guard of um Shiro no longer being the the black the pilot of the black lion and then the lions choosing their pilots. See, I'm old school. Uh, Shiro was cool, but his name to me will always be Sven. 
And he will always <laughs> randomly, for no reason at all, talk in a weird Swedish accent, like the Swedish chef. Uh, and then he'll get wounded and go off to a hospital planet to never be seen again. Definitely doesn't die. He just goes to a hospital planet. He's better. We'll fix him later. It's fine. It's fine. He's fine. Uh, yeah. And it, it, yeah, like I said, the new show, I really liked it and how more connected the pilots were with their lions and how sentient the lions actually were. Um, it was just a very cool idea. And like when you see it and you're just like, wow, these lions are badass on their own, it just makes it even better. Hell yeah, man. So, so yeah. Voltron. Size. That's a thumbs up. I mean, yeah, that, that's a big thumbs up. That sucker's huge. Uh, armament, if we're going with the new version, definitely a thumbs up because, oh. like you're saying, depending on which uh, lion forms the head, you have different, you know, it's not just the blazing sword. Uh, which I think the blazing sword in the new show was actually a whole different sword from the regular sword, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a while since I've watched it. Yeah, me too. I think the blazing sword didn't come into like season two or three. There was a like an in between sword. Anyway, um, definitely. Does it look cool? It's it's Voltron. Yeah. I don't know what else. It's fucking Voltron, man. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, and mobility. This is where I will give it the edge over the Megazord. Um, benefit of being a cartoon <laughs> and not a guy in a giant rubber suit right uh, yeah this thing's mobile as hell uh, uh it fight you can it can fight in space it can fight on the ground uh it can fly in atmosphere like it can move at speed something that big should not be able to move yeah yeah for sure oh god just the immense amount of power it would take to actually propel something that large is crazy uh yeah and then the lions can like run on the ground and they can fly it's just oh so many things definitely yeah i think that's a thumbs up on everything on on voltron man for sure then it of course that would bring up the uh age-old question who would win in a fight voltron or the megazord well, and that's so if we're going to talk specifically, I think we're talking more about Voltron from the Netflix Legendary Defender show. Yeah. And we're talking specifically the Dino Megazord from season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If those two go head to head, it's Voltron. I, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan, but it's it, Voltron's going to win. Yeah, as long as it's not that crappy vehicle Voltron. We don't talk about that here. <laughs> that does not exist in this dojo. <laughs> that just reminds me of the robot chicken skit. You're not even fun. the real Voltron. <laughs> okay, fun fun side note. So Voltron, just like Power Rangers would come to be, was an English redub of a Japanese show. Um, something, something, Go Lion. It was one of three shows that was going to be cut together to make a Voltron cartoon. Uh, there were going to be three different shows they were going to cut together to kind of make into a cartoon. So we had uh, the Go Lion Voltron that we all know and love. 
The second one was a whole different series. Uh, that was the the vehicle Voltron. It was a whole separate series that was supposed to, you know, they they redubbed it into English and recut some of the episodes to try to make it be like a sequel series, kind of to Voltron, whatever. That flopped so hard, they canceled the third attempt to do like the third series that would have been next. They just dropped that entirely. <laughs> Jeez. They were just like, yeah, no, forget it, man. We killed it. This vehicle thing killed it. We're done. I wonder what the next iteration of Voltron would have been. Building. You can look it up. I'll see if I can uh, send you a pic. It looked a lot cooler than than the vehicle Voltron. It makes me really question why the hell did we go with vehicles for the second one. <laughs> and then that reminds me of the scene from Big where he's trying to play with a skyscraper. Where he's like, what's fun about a skyscraper? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's a building that turns into a robot. Nice. So, there you go, Voltron. Yeah. So I got sidetracked trying to look up the third Voltron thing that never happened. Okay. Uh, Jay. Yeah. It's the late nineties. You're heading home from school. I'm talking like William Shatner right now, but yeah, but I'm going to go with it. You turn on your TV, get your snacks and your nibbles close at hand. You turn on Cartoon Network. What are you about to watch? Uh, Is it some Toonami? It's obviously Toonami. Is it Gundam Wing? Hell yeah, it is. Fuck yeah, it's Gundam Wing. And, and if I'm lucky enough, it's goddamn endless waltz. You're probably not that lucky, but it's gonna be Gundam Wing. <laughs> it's not, not gonna make any goddamn sense, but it's gonna oh. be awesome. Yep. Because you're not gonna watch the episodes in order, and you're not gonna have seen the other series to know what the fuck they're talking about. But God, when they just start blowing stuff up. <sighs> so, well, yeah. before you launch into this, though, I just got to throw one thing out. Okay. How epically disappointed were you when you turned on Toonami, turned on Gundam Wing, and it was one of those character development episodes? Oh, we're not going to shoot anything this episode? We're not going to blow anything up? No mech fights? Where where are the Gundams? This is Gundam Wing, right? Oh, oh shit. They're you, just, you oh, do they're plan just to have Gundams in your Gundam series, right? Yes? Oh, Hello? Oh. Oh, they're still talking. They're, oh no! They're, oh, it's a whole episode of of exposition. Oh, oh it's worse. They're talking without their lips. <sighs> yeah. All this internal monologue because animation costs money. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I owe the doc for this one because he got me onto this. We were hanging out after school. This house we were at time is it grabs the remote flips it directly to cartoon network and gundam wing starts and i remember thinking what the hell are we watching and then by the end of that one episode i'd be like what is this more now please uh so i'm gonna narrow this down i'm gonna talk about it and, and jay might give me some pushback on this and that's fine gundam wing hands down my favorite gundam series because it's the only gundam series i've seen <clears throat> Yeah, five, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Shut up, it's my show. The coolest Gundam from Gundam Wing, in the opinion of Obi-John, is Wing Zero. 
Jay is a transformable mobile Gundam. Just look, hear me out. Hear me yep, out. Yep. Secret project made by made with hold on. Gun, gun, I always mispronounce it. Gundanium alloy. It's a magical super metal. It's like vibranium. Uh, this has an alternate mode, the Neo Bird mode, so it can fly like an airplane at super high speeds. It has uh, two beam sabers, one on each shoulder. Has a machine cannon. Has a shield made of Gundanium alloy with anti-beam coating. Has the zero system. This machine moves so fast, your brain and body can't keep up with it. The zero system is designed to help not scramble your brain into jello when you're operating it because it's that fast. It has the twin buster rifle. What is the twin buster rifle? Let me explain it. It's two giant beam particle cannons that can be smushed together to create one giant beam cannon that is so powerful in one episode it destroys an entire space colony with one shot. If I had a mic, that's me dropping it. John, I gotta tell you something. Okay. <laughs> Gundam was also on my list. Oh, I have a feeling it's not the same Gundam. Well, oh, you're wrong. My Gundam of choice was also a Wing Zero. Oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah, I thought we were going to have the whole Wing Zero heavy arms death scythe debate. Now, oh, don't get me wrong. I love me some death scythe. Um, I love me some, I think it's Tongis. 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 Um, I love those two. Death scythe especially. Oh, God, death scythe is badass. Don't forget Epion and Sandrock. Uh, Yes, they're all great. so many all, amazing Gundams. Yeah, yeah, all five of them are awesome. But no, Wing Zero takes the cake. Heavy Arms is my own like soft spot in my heart favorite. If Jay designed the Gundam, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Heavy Specifically, the Heavy Arms from Endless Waltz after its like third refit, but yeah. with its quad cannon. Anyway, oh god, no, I'm picturing it. <laughs> Jay just needs a minute to mull it over in his head. It's just so badass. All right, anyway, but no, <laughs> Wing Wing Zero is also. It's if I had to pick one to pilot, it would be Wing Zero, because of how badass it is. Uh, like you said, it's got the dual blaster, like the dual particle cannon, the giant shield. It's got basically lightsabers. Yeah, they're beam swords, but they're lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, Let's take a mech, put it in outer space. What would be cooler than than again and again? Because right now you're just talking Exo Squad. Okay, well they're bigger. Okay, cool. They're faster. Okay, cool. What puts this over the top from? Ugh, excuse me. From like the Exo Squad, sort of like that could kind of be real. Into firmly, no, this is fantasy. Let's give it a lightsaber. No, let's give it two lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, so unlike John, I've actually seen other Gundam series because, like I said, I I was 
John's dealer, I guess you could say, on introducing him to Gundam Wing. I sort of broke him into it. Uh, you did. But I watched the original Mobile Suit Gundam. And in that one, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, there is only one Gundam. Mm-hmm. And it also has a beam sword. And that is its main weapon the entire time. Um, so to see in Gundam Wing them have two and you can dual wield it that's just awesome uh and when he put together those two cannons to make the one giant one and blow stuff up you're just like wow how can anything even compare it's just for goddamn ridiculous it's the mech equivalent to a uh forgive me if i'm misquoting this the kamehameha Oh, oh, from DBZ? Dragon Ball Z fans? Yeah. Yes. Uh, wow, man. Yeah, it's, uh, we couldn't do this list and not have Gundam on here. And given who was given who's doing this show, you, I knew it was going to be Gundam Wing. Many, yeah. many hours in basement spent watching Gundam Wing. Man, can you imagine if we had the internet back then and we could have gone and looked up the episodes and watched them in order? <laughs> oh, God, that would have been great. <laughs> Just it would have made so much series. better sense. Uh, <laughs> but like like you, with your, your E-frames and with the Zords, I actually had quite an extensive collection of Gundams. Um, and I had Heavy Arms, of course. But I also had Wing Zero. And Wing Zero had his shield and his, and it wasn't, it might've been Wing, Wing Zero One. So not like the actual Wing Zero. Right. Um, but yeah, it didn't have the duel. It just had the one blaster cannon. So, but it, it yes. I, uh, I've only owned one Gundam figure. Uh, I was in the comic book store in Bowling Green. I hadn't watched Gundam Wing in, you know, since, since we hung out in high school. But uh, I walked into the the store I won't name in Bowling Green, and you know I was there to pick up comics, and you know it was it was that place that sold like used movies and records and CDs and comics and books, and you know it was like every you know a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I'm you know I've picked up my comics, but I'm perusing just to see what you know do I want to buy any Nintendo 64 games or something while I'm here. And sure enough, on the shelf, I don't know where this came from, is one lone Wing Zero figure. And I'm like, <gasps> now I'm a guy who doesn't buy action figures. I bought that fucking figure on the spot that day. I don't know what happened to it, <laughs> but I remember owning it because uh, it's just that badass, man. Yeah, for sure. Ah, oh, good old Wing Zero. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I have a or had a game. Uh, you ever played any of the Dynasty Warriors games, Jay? I know the Dynasty Warriors games, but I okay, don't know. Okay. I haven't played them necessarily. Okay. Well, there was, I think there was like three of them, but I found, I think the first one, it was Dynasty Warriors Gundam. I think I've was, seen this. It was the, it's straight up Dynasty Warriors, where it's just, you know, you play as like a big badass general in these giant battles where you're taking out cannon fodder left and right. Uh, but only instead of being like a super powerful, like samurai dude or whatever, you're, you're, you're a Gundam. And 
I remember playing this game like, oh wow, cool, it's a Gundam game, and it's got Gundams from all kinds of different series. That's cool. And Jay, as soon as I unlocked Wing Zero, yeah, I never played any other Gundam again. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, loved it. Um, I had a, I also had a Gundam game, mm-hmm. but it was Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh. And you were the OG Gundam, and it was fun. It was a fun game. I don't remember what system it was for, but I enjoyed it. I do need to go back and rewatch that. I think I have, uh, I think Netflix has it. The original Mobile Suit Gundam series. Uh, it's bookmarked. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. I, I'm always on the lookout for Gundam Wing to pop up so that I can watch it again. Man, it's it's expensive. I keep an eye on it every once in a while trying to pick it all up, but you got to buy it in chunks because it's one of those where like season of like a hundred. Yeah. So it gets crazy, but uh, yeah. someday. Someday we'll meet again. Someday. <laughs> someday. Um, anyway. Yeah. What you got? What we got left? Uh, well, do we even need to rate this one? I don't. I mean, oh, yeah. I think okay. it comes well, up across. size. Uh, it's not the biggest. I mean, I think it's smaller than a Megazord, but it's it's a giant robot. Thumbs up on size. Armament. Fucking beam cannon. You're done. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, sorry, what's it called? Let me just write the uh, twin buster rifle. Sorry, you're done. Uh, aesthetics. It looks ungodly cool. And mobility. It moves faster than something that big should move, even when it's not in space. 10 out of 10, man. Yep. What what do we got left? Yep. So, oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I just hit Google. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Oh, wing zero, how I miss you. Okay. God, it just looks so good from Endless Waltz with like its actual angel wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, all right, sorry, sorry. So, my last one is one that's near and dear to my heart because here's the thing I have always said this, and I will continue to say this when I see an action movie and and I see the the trailer for an action movie or like a sci-fi movie or something where I know I'm going to shut my brain off for a while. I just have one question. Does it do what it says on the box? Meaning, when I sit down and watch this movie, am I going to get what I expect? And with this movie, I got what I expected in spades. Okay. This okay. movie was this movie was sold to me as giant robots fighting giant alien creatures. And what do you get when you sit down and watch it? Giant robots fighting giant alien creatures. The movie I'm talking about, Pacific Rim. The mech in particular is of course Gypsy Danger. Mhm. It will be has been and will always be my favorite mac <laughs> like 
ever since that movie came out and I saw Gypsy Danger, like, yes, I have a soft spot for Gundam. I love Gundam. I loved Gundam Wing. Uh, I love me some heavy arms. But, like, seeing... And I know it's CG, but seeing a semi-live-action version of a giant robot was awesome. Yeah, the way they did it was awesome. There are so many movies like Robot Jocks or Robot Wars over the years that have tried to do the whole giant mech thing. But budget always, can, you know, was always their Achilles heel. They couldn't afford to do anything that huge. And when you get to Pacific Rim you've got the budget to fully realize what that would look like with the most modern up-to-date visual effects and like not like oh it's cg but it's like you know atlantic rim the ripoff cg no like this right. is like we actually spent money on the cg and it looks fantastic uh and it's not like like you know you've got the sequel but and they have gypsy avenger but that's not the same Gypsy no. Avenger is not Gypsy Danger. Um, it's it's just such a badass mech. Like, it's old school in that it's still, like, nuclear-powered. Um, it's got the giant fan to keep it cool and running. Uh, it just looks cool. Yeah, the way <laughs> the way that they launch it doesn't make sense. Hey, get in your suits to get in the head that we're going to drop down an elevator shaft to then have you walk out into the ocean. But it looks it badass. Makes as much sense as how we get into Voltron. It's true. That's so true. How many, many vehicles do I need to get to, to get into my lion? Five? Oh, okay. Hunk is still... <laughs> I still think back to the Netflix series when, like, Hunk misses one of his uh, mini vehicles and has to like run to his lion. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, no, it, it, I don't know. When I saw this movie, it just opened up a new realm of like giant robots. And it did. It made me wish for a live action CG version of Gundam Wing. Because, like, just imagine a live CG version of, like, Wing Zero in the same sort of style as Pacific Rim. Like, that would just be badass. It would probably look really great. Sorry, reading up my watch on shit. Uh, <laughs> dude, yeah. Uh, it, it, You hit the nail on the head, man. Like... The trailer for this is, hey, it's giant robots fighting big monsters. And you get to the theater, and what do you get? Giant robots fighting big monsters. And if you went into it hoping for more than that, I don't know. What, you came out disappointed. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. The movie sold you. <laughs> We're going to have big robots fight giant monsters. And it gave us that. What did you expect? Uh, it, it gave us that in spades, it, you know, that whole uh, uh, second middle, you know, middle of the movie fight scene uh, with the, the rocket elbow punch and the sword and the it's got wings now and, and dragging the, the giant tanker ship to use it as like a baseball bat. And like, 
not only is that an awesomely choreographed fight, it's staged in a way that you can always tell what's going on. You always know where everything is in relation to everything else. That's hard for people to do nowadays with just two people fighting in a room. These are two giant, you know, things fighting in a huge cityscape uh, with with skyscrapers and neon lights everywhere, and you can keep track of the fight. It makes sense. And then they throw in all the cool little tricks that the robot can do, and all like you know the robot or the the, the monster kind of like evolving through the fight. Like, dude, that fight alone is worth the price of admission. It's true, and and I know that we, I know that I particularly bring up gypsy danger and pacific rim a lot on the show but that's just to me that just shows you how much this movie like how much i love it and how much it still sticks with people especially me after so long of coming out and like you can still go back and watch it and still be entertained just go shut your brain off for a couple of hours watch pacific rim and you're gonna be like yeah i feel better about life i don't know why you just do because we're canceling the apocalypse. Don't <laughs> uh, get me wrong. So... <laughs> Australia has a cool mech in Striker Eureka, but yes. uh, not Gypsy Danger. It's got Does that it... World War II nose art for some reason. Right? Oh. Doesn't make sense, but badass. We're going with it. Um. So you, you when you said canceling the apocalypse, so sorry I got yeah. sidetracked. I I ordered um shout out to T Public, you know, mm-hmm. T Public if you want to sponsor us and send us free t-shirts. I'm all over that. Yeah. Uh but I ordered off of T Public, I got that sweatshirt I was talking about that has the eight bit versions of like Godzilla monsters. Oh, the character select one. And then yes, and you select yeah. your character and it's fighting. I ordered that as a sweatshirt. Uh, But as I was looking up other Pacific Rim shirts, um, there was one where it's just an image of like uh, Microsoft Windows pop up that, you know, like the button that just says cancel. Uh And it just says the apocalypse. Apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) So like the box says the apocalypse and then it just says cancel. Cancel. And like the mouse is over the cancel button. I love it. I, th- I thought about it, but I was like, I'm not sure how many people would get that. That's like a deep cut reference that people would look at it and go, I don't understand. And then I'd be like, it's fine. It's just for me. <laughs> so there you go. Gypsy danger. So Size. Oh, she's got size. Yep. Armament. We haven't really quite got into yet, but rocket elbow rocket elbow you got the uh each arm turns into basically a plasma cannon Mm -hmm. um that has a limited uh magazine apparently but uh definitely does some damage especially when they refit it when they rebuild it and make it dual equipped because when they when um the the Beckett boys, right? Beck, yeah, Beckett, right? Yeah, I don't remember enough to correct you, so yeah, yeah. When they have Becker, Beckett, anyway, when they have it, it only has the one arm turns into a cannon, but then when um, Mako helps refit it, it's both arms turn into the cannons. Uh, 
And then, of course, my favorite thing. And I, it might be your favorite thing, too. But just out of nowhere, the button that you just press sword. <laughs> and out pops like a limp sort of chain link thing that then tightens down into a sword that cuts through everything. If we were piloting that, Jay, that would be the go-to for whatever the situation is. Sword. Yeah. Sword. I think oh, we there's need another sword. kaiju on the on the loose. Sword. Sword. I think we need another sword. Uh, interesting side note. I read an article that said that um, as overpowered as the sword is, the reason they didn't use it right away is because of the kaiju blue in the ocean. And they didn't want to poison the ocean. Look, so. you can come up with whatever excuse you want. They saved that because they know once you go to sword, you can't top that. It's true. Sword. Plasma cannons are cool and chest-mounted cannons like Striker Eureka. Cool, fine, sure, whatever. But sword. <laughs> they know their audience. Sword. I mean, how many Gundams or how many mechs on this list <laughs> have swords? Uh... Voltron, yep. the Megazord, the Gundams. Yep. The the only two that got a perfect uh, whatever, five out of five, four out of whatever, that they got a perfect rating have swords. So swords. you do the math. Swords. So what's your Mac need? A sword. Mm-hmm. Sword or GTFO. Yep. It's true. Uh, oh, uh, aesthetics. Yeah, it looks cool. Yes. Like you said, that nose art. The painting on it. Yeah. Uh, the giant turbo fan in the middle of it. <laughs> the way the head sort of like sits there with like a high collar and no neck. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mech with a popped collar, baby. Yes. You, yeah, you don't get any more pimp than that. Pop that collar. Pop yep. that collar, Gypsy Danger. Uh, the only thing I might give it a, a, a sideways thumbs into mobility. It's a little slow. They all are, uh, yeah. but that's more of a choice for the film because they wanted them to look like they had mass and weight, and that means it's not going to move quite as fast. That being said, it moves plenty of fast. It moves plenty fast to get the job done. Yeah, that's why. I mean, you know, that's why you need the rocket-propelled elbow punch uh, to speed up that punch. Yeah, baby. Or if you're Cherno Alpha, you just like it's a hydraulic piston like jackhammer. <laughs> yep. Huh. R.I.P. Cherno Alpha. Oh man. That one. I'll I'll say it. Cherno Alpha was better than um. Oh, what the hell was the other one? I was Crimson, just the Crimson whatever Typhoon. Crimson Typhoon. Yeah, I was disappointed in that one, man. They made such a big deal out of oh, it's got three pilots and three arms. Oh, wow, that's gonna be badass, and it gets taken out right away. And I'm like, well, that was a waste. Yeah, but to be fair, Cherno Alpha got taken out in a hurry too. It did. It did. Well, we had to pare it down to, uh, to our boys pretty quick. So yeah. Uh, to give some clarification, Jay. On the whole Voltron thing. Yes. The Japanese series, Future Robot, Future Robot Daltanius, was originally planned to be adapted by World Events Productions as part of Voltron. 
when requesting master tapes from Toei Animation <clears throat> for translation purposes, the American producers requested, quote, the one with the lion. Mistakenly, Toei proceeded to ship World Events copies of Beast King Go Lion, another combining robot cartoon which featured lion-shaped fighting robot starships. Because World Events producers preferred Go Lion to Daltanius, the Go Lion episodes were adapted instead, going on to become the most popular portion of the original Voltron run. A third version uh, of Voltron, based on yet another Japanese series, Lightspeed Electroid Alvegas, was also in progress, but it was dropped when World Events Productions joined with Toei to make new Go Lion based shows due to that show's popularity over the Diruger run. Diruger being Vehicle Voltron. Oh. So that's the full story. Wanted to make sure we clarified that. So it was the ambiguity of the send us the tapes of the one with the lion. <laughs> and they sent the wrong lion series and the rest is history. Come on down to Nerd Alert used Mech Emporium. We got half price on Voltron missing automobile parts. <laughs> Vehicle Voltron not quite fully assembled. No one cares. Take it for free. Please take it. We we got the red lion. We got the yellow lion. We got the blue lion. We got the black lion, but we can't find the green lion. Somebody left the cloak on. <laughs> Do you want transforming? We got we got Gundams that turn into airplanes. <laughs> Looking for something more economy sized? We've got E frames. E-frames galore. Flying E-frames, ground pounder E-frames, recon E-frames. We even got Neo-Sapien E-frames. We'll have to rejigger your brainwaves to work them, but we can make that happen. It's an extended service plan. E-frames, not your style. It's not your style. Check out Amp Suits. It's oh, the next new thing. <laughs> Do you need to take out an indigenous race because they're sitting on unobtainium piles? <laughs> Except no substitute. It's the Amp Suit. The producers of Neuralert do not do not condone the destruction of indigenous alien species to acquire unobtainium. Unexplainable rift open in the back door of your ocean? Don't worry, we got Jaegers. We got Coyote Tango. We got Striker Eureka. We've even got Gypsy Danger slightly missing a few arms. <laughs> Cancel the apocalypse with a full lot of Jaegers here at Nerd Alerts. Discount Mech Emporium. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is why the two of us can't do shows together, John. No, this we can't. Is... We, we need supervision, clearly. Uh, now, look, there's plenty on this, uh, on plenty of cool mechs we did not get to. And I know if Commander Scott was here, uh, there'd be some stuff he brought because he comes from a whole different kind of perspective. I'm sure we'd be sitting here talking about uh, uh, um, Robotech. Yes, thank you. Uh, the Macross saga, Mo uh, Robotech. We'd be talking about Robotech fighters and stuff like that, uh, which are really cool. Uh, there's there's an endless number you know, I, of, of <laughs> there's an endless waltz of mechs we could talk about. <laughs> um, so that being said, did you like this episode? Do you want to hear us talk about, about Mech? We can do a whole Mechs the sequel. Um, there's plenty we didn't get to. Uh, but these are the ones that I think like had that knee-jerk 
nostalgia reaction when you say mechs it's kind of what me and the doc go to because it's it's our frame of reference from childhood it's it's megazords and voltron and gundams and e-frames and power loaders and yeah yeah that's what we think of um and i think we did hit on, on at least a couple uh that you know the i think wing zero and uh, gypsy danger got a perfect score I think so. As far as size, armament, aesthetics, and mobility, so we found some pretty good, uh, pretty good um, uh, mechs for you there. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Jay? Oh, just that I'd like. I need to find Wing Gundam Wing again. <laughs> Talking about it during this show makes me want to go back and watch it. What makes me want to crack open a surge? <laughs> Bust open a bag of 3D Doritos. Maybe some Dunkaroos. Get get some Dunkaroos and uh, watch me some Gundam Wing and hope that it's oh, not man. an exposition dump episode. Oh, hopefully, hopefully. Maybe they'll have two or three on this one. Well, that has been our list of our favorite mechs. Uh, what did we leave off? What did we get wrong? Uh, did you enjoy your brief trip down the history of Voltron? I'll do a whole episode on that. Don't dare me. I'll do it. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments, and maybe we'll do another one when we get Scott back on. But until then, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert. Covered in some space mud There's an Eosapien revolve their frame up Humans engineered them to be stronger and more resilient Then we put them to work, it's quite brilliant But they had emotions and dreams And ended up feeling like slaves And have longed to be free Mankind's greatest alter Altering the DNA code Creating a new race of foes Doesn't matter if they can't breathe Coming like a stampede Cryoengineering new clones that'll grab me Guess we better watch for the graph shield These deals are mathematic Forgot how to love it, they only have do you want to jettison Terrans into the sun with a little bit of hate for what the planet's become? Then again, I guess if I die, it's all the same. Mix a neo body with the brain waves from my brain.